0: The New Challenger.
1: From 8-bit to 35mm, game beds to the silver screen, your favorite video game characters are on a quest to become movie icons. Can they unlock the achievement? Let's go for Broke! It's time to Press X to Reload!
2: Now I'm the journalist. And I'll expose you for what you really are! Ooh, what a tease. Don't ever forget! Even when I can't see you, I know where you are by your
0: scent. Fleur de cyre with its subtle hints of rosemary. In the language of the flowers, rosemary is supposed to equate to remembrance. But that doesn't quite equate to you now, does it?
1: I think you might need to hone your sense of smell, Cheshire.
2: It's Luca!
1: There isn't any rosemary in Fleur du Cire. The herb repels demons.
0: I wear it to ward off evil. A witch with a perfume to ward off evil? Ha ha,
2: funny. Guess they heard all the commotion. See you, Cheshire. Bayonetta, wait! Oh, crap.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome back to Press X to Reload, where we slow down time with our superpowers, our witch powers, and try to savor and enjoy every last good moment that happens in these video game-to-film adaptations. Sometimes they are few and far between. We are on the second of our two heaven and hell-related kind of game-to-film adaptations. I am Nick Moore. With me are Wayne Brissett and Mark Athanis. Wayne. Hello, everyone. And Mark. I really hope more
0: people watch this movie with us because they're in for a treat.
1: (laughs) So we watched Bayonetta Bloody Fate, and it is loosely based off of the first game in the Bayonetta video game series. I can say that because I've only ever played the first Bayonetta, and this film starts and ends with the plot of that game with some interesting deviations and some really interesting faithful parts I don't really understand how they decided what was going to be there and what wasn't going to be. But the basic plot before we get into it is Bayonetta is a witch and she has all kinds of superpowers. She is a anime badass and she's fighting against angels because in this story, angels are pricks and they do not seem to have good intentions for any of humanity. That's the easiest way to sum it up. I know my thoughts on this. I yeah. am a huge fan of the original game, so I'm very biased going into this. Uh, but Mark, how about yourself? It sounds like it sounds like you have opinions already. Let's start with you. So <clears throat> I have not
0: played the game, so I think it's important for me to say this before we get into this, that I had to, after seeing the movie, go watch some gameplay and some cutscenes. Okay. And the fact that this this anime is like everything is over the top from the voice acting to the action, to the animation style, everything is over the top. And it is tame compared to what I saw of the gameplay and the games cutscenes. I was like, are you kidding me? It's like faithful, but like that was way more suggestive or way more over the top. I was like, this, this is like, I don't even know how to describe this thing. Like this is an experience. And that's, that's just from the, the anime I can't imagine what the game must be like The game must be, it's a 20 hour game There must be 20 hours Of near epileptic seizure And just sensory overload Because that's how I felt About the anime
1: <laughs> Well they describe the game as non-stop Climax action So accurate. <laughs> take that as you will It's accurate <laughs> Wayne how about yourself Have you played the game before and Did this movie do anything for you or not? I never played the first one.
2: I played a bit of the second one. This movie, though, I mean, (laughs) I'm glad I'm not the one who has to explain the synopsis to the listeners (laughs) because I have no clue what the hell was going on in this thing. Not at all. I mean, this movie should have just been called Boss Rush the movie because at some points, that's all it is. There's literally nothing, no story taking place. It's fight and then a bigger boss and then a bigger boss and a bigger boss. We're like, this is Boss Rush the movie. I think it answers questions near the end, but honestly, I'll admit I was a little tired when I did watch this one, but probably the one movie I shouldn't have watched tired. (laughs) The action's good. The uh, animation's very good. Voice acting's good, but what a chaotic film. And I still, I can't wait to learn what it was about.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I have played the game quite a bit. I played it when it originally came out. I recently started playing it on steam. I'm at one achievement away short of like everything. So I've, I've played this game quite a bit and I have a good grasp of the story. That said, this film made me question how much of the story I could grasp. (laughs) So I'm going to start off with, I loved this movie. It was fun for me, but I was able to fill in a lot of the holes because of the fact that I played the game and that should not be the case. It should hold up on its own. Mm -hmm. Correct. Mm -hmm. This film is really weird in its exposition. When it starts off, you have a bunch Mm. of still scenes and the still scenes are stained glass windows representing the backstory of the angels and the witches. And they dump, it was four and a half minutes of exposition before you see anything in motion. That's way too much exposition before you meet a character, before you have the plot progress. It's just droning on about stuff. That's a huge mistake in this film. It's one of the only things that really irritated me. And there was a lot of name jobs. It just- it's just bad storytelling. And what's frustrating is the game kind of does the same thing when you first start it up. But when you first start it up, first off, that exposition's about half the length because they let the rest of it happen naturally as the story progresses. And while that yeah. exposition's happening, you're watching a ridiculous battle between what looks like Bayonetta in the past and Jean, her blonde counterpart in the past, fighting angels on a falling piece of a building as it's plummeting down a cliffside. And as it's spinning, they're just keeping their gravity on whatever part it's spinning on. It looks amazing.
0: That's the cutscene I saw. I I watched that cutscene They could have just
1: done that. That would have been way more engaging for the audience. And that way, even if you don't care about the story, holy crap, they're fighting on a basically a meteor that's falling from the sky it's really cool but the basic idea and i am boiling this down to its stupidest level so that it makes sense to me angels and witches basically represent order and chaos and the angels want order at all costs and they want to control everything the witches believe chaos is a good thing and that's where humans thrive is chaos let's have order and chaos and they have enough of a truce that they don't destroy each other But for whatever reason, their big rule is you can't fraternize, you can't have sex with each other because you'll create a hybrid being that will doom us all. Naturally, Bayonetta is that character because of course she is. Mm -hmm. And they go on about a bunch of stuff about the left eye and the right eye, which really just two people that represent order and chaos. And she's supposed to represent one of those when she comes into being. The angels want to grab her and control her because they can use it to ascend to perfect domination of the galaxy. And the witches are so worried about that idea that they basically murder her and put her into stasis and hide her somewhere on Earth in a bunch of water. And when she eventually gets found by humans, she has no memory. And that's where we start from. Everyone else knows who she is and what she is, but no one tells her. And she gets to find this out over the course of the game. Sounds cool. That's the simple part. I haven't got to the complicated part. That's just the opening. That is so
0: That is the opening and it's so much it's so funny that you don't learn that watching this That's what's movie written until the screen. like the last 20 minutes. They literally the movie, describe maybe. it
1: in the opening, but because they're describing it with just a bunch of stained glass that doesn't actually show you the characters they're talking about and the villain Father Balder is kind of your monotone preachy I am the evil villain villain you kind of fall asleep during his speech <laughs> so yeah. the opening's the weakest part of the film unfortunately but hang tight it gets good at that five minute mark and that's where we're going to pick up yeah. five minutes in you have Luca who is a photographer and a grapple gun wielding weirdo
0: <laughs> journalist he's a journalist, <laughs> journalist.
1: whatever Perfect. photographer journalist eye candy. He's an idiot. (laughs) But he's faithfully represented from the game. He's a fool there. He's a fool here. And he blames Bayonetta for the death of his father because his father was there when she came out of the water and he saw his father pulled apart and she was the only one he could see. So it had to be her. And he's been tracking her down and he's found her in a church and she's dressed as a nun and repeating some sort of verse from a a Bible. And then the angels come down. uh... Oh, sorry. What's it from? interesting thing she's
0: actually quoting from dante's inferno
1: oh excellent so there is a connection between them (laughs) yeah we planned this (laughs) totally planned we didn't just slap these together because they both had angels and demons no so planned (laughs) yeah we're professionals up until this point if you watched this not knowing what you were in for you might be fooled into thinking this is going to be a serious anime dealing with dark themes, maybe along the lines of Dante's Inferno. And then she starts floating up into the air and draws a circle of purple magic energy and she flies (laughs) through it. And then she starts body slamming and punt kicking and punching through the... uh, Sorry, through angels. I went to say demons, but the angels are the bad guys in this. Like she's a flying mm-hmm. Kinshiro with boobs. It is ridiculous. Complete with uh, Asian pop jazz music. The music's important. Yes. When I went to yeah. watch this, the first thing I said to Corinne, and she can vouch for this, I went, if they screw up the music and it's not the same pop, jazzy. punk, jazzy, weird, weird, Japanese stuff that I know from the game, I'm going to be upset. Don't give me some epic orchestrated score. Give me the nonsense they have in the game. And the first song that kicks in is her theme from the game. And it's it's absurd.
0: And it's consistent. Um, yep. And you know what? It suits it so perfectly. It suits the action. It sets the tone. Just so perfectly. It's just so the music. Again, everything about this is over the top. The music, the animation <laughs> style, the action, like it's just so it's if you took any one thing away from it, it wouldn't be as good.
2: Right. Well, it's the, it's when, when she takes off that robe and starts to fight them, it, and then all that music kicks in. It's that moment of just when you thought this was going to be serious, like Nick's thought. It's like no, no, no. We're going to have a lot of fun with this. Oh yeah. And and mm-hmm. then now all the rules come out. This is who you're dealing with. This is the animation you're getting. This is the music you're getting.
1: And the animation there is pretty top notch. All the animations. Good. I know you I have, really have a, a lot cool. of anime out there where they'll have. Moving lines behind the person and they're doing like one punch, yeah. and really it's just a bunch of still things being slammed up against each other. You're having full 360 rotation of her spinning around and kicking characters. I don't think I saw any repeat animations. The camera's zooming around them as they fight. It's up there with like red line and up there with like Akira for, in my opinion, the level of care that's put into the animation. I would agree. With and that. it's doing that thing where the character models aren't really obeying the laws of the anatomy they're allowed to have arms and limbs stretch if it looks cooler screw it we just care about what looks cinematic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it is wild it's really cool i was impressed by it the story whatever I'll, I'll i'll do my best to carry us through it but i would watch this again purely for the action i just might skip some of the plot elements as i go through this is a great youtube yeah, clip movie
0: it's, I was going to say, it would be great. I don't know great. if I'd watch it again. No, I wouldn't watch it again, but I would watch clips
1: of
2: every single fight.
1: True. Absolutely true. The The story is where it's a little bit weak. I think it
2: would be more encouraged to play the game than go back and watch clips of the fight. A hundred percent.
1: Absolutely play the game. Holy crap. Play the game. I'm playing it this year. It holds up. It's phenomenal. And they remastered it, so it looks pretty. But anyway, she beats the hell out of all these angels inside the church. and I. Don't feel like they make it really clear till later on, but they try to make you understand that when she goes through that portal, it's so that she can interact with the angels and be able to fight them one on one because they're kind of like ethereal to you go through.
2: Yeah. Oh, is that why?
1: People can't see the angels. So when she goes through that portal, she disappears to Luca. Luca can't see her anymore, but they can still interact with the environment. So the shot of Luca jumping around and dodging just the random church exploding around him because they're getting thrown into things. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) It's great in the game. It's a cool idea. It's a cool idea. I feel like they don't make it as clear till about halfway through because they do this thing in the anime version where they make the invisible characters semi-transparent so that you as the audience go, oh, that's what move broke this thing. But then you kind of think that the characters can see that as well. And then halfway through, they stop doing that, and everything looks invisible. So I know what yeah, they were trying to do, but they should have been consistent about it. The game is. But still, it's a cool idea, and it creates some pretty good terror where if everything's blowing up around you and you don't know why, how do you even dodge it?
0: Yeah, Honestly, for the most part, I thought Luca could see her the whole movie, and I thought he just couldn't see like uh, the angels. But He can
1: see her I unless totally, she jumps through that portal. I totally missed
2: that because it was confusing.
1: <laughs> and again, yeah, these That was her first that,
2: spell. She jumps up,
1: casts that spell, goes through it. And right, and fighting. I don't think like they make that clear. That's what's weird about the story. No, the exposition things that happened. might have helped was that, like, explain. I what think she the problem did. was
2: that she transformed as she went through that portal. So, and more or less, just made it look yeah. like that was her disguise. That portal. Right. I thought she changed outfits
0: when she went through that. So I was like, oh no, okay.
1: her outfit got ripped and off by the ancient coincidence.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And then she really (laughs) changed outfits later. Well, yes.
1: Does she have an outfit? Okay. So I'll clear that up for (laughs) you. Is it her hair? It is. is. You are correct. It looks like it's her hair. So she is technically not wearing much of anything, but her hair hair is magic and her hair is covering all of her as this skin tight cat costume thing. And that's why anytime she's using more of her magic, the more of her magic she's using in a fight and the more powerful the moves the more unclosed she gets. Yes, we're leering perverts, course. whatever. But because it's a way course. for the people making this game to justify. And now she's in a bikini punching people because her powers. Mm. I don't care because it's it's a way to get those powers to happen. And whenever she summons a huge monster, the only thing protecting her from being seen completely naked by the audience is that the monster is spinning around her and just happens to be covering the naughty bits. Yeah. That's accurate to the game. Yeah. that's awesome whatever the game doesn't hide what it is i will say though and i feel like this almost gets it but it kind of misses the mark the anime seems to sensualize her uh sensualize her and i get that but there's a difference between that and feeling like it's empowerment and in the game it feels like she's fully in control of what she allows people to see and not see what she does any of her sexuality feels like it's her kind of owning it and playing it out so it comes across mm. more as as a choice on her part rather than, hey, here's something for the audience to leer at. Uh, this one, I don't mm-hmm. feel like quite gets that. <laughs> for sure. It's pretty leery. This one feels like titillation rather than empowerment. And I feel like in the game, it it just crosses the mark to feel more like empowerment than titillation. Yeah, I see what you did but there. But either way, she's going to be kind of naked for, for a fair amount of it. But no actual nudity. Just saying, Dante's Inferno had his beloved naked all the time. Oh. Bayonetta never really is. Good for her.
0: <laughs> uh, I, I would say she is. You just don't see
1: the parts that would give you a different rating. Because she doesn't let you. <laughs> she's in control of this environment. There Couple you go. Of camera angles. but Yeah. <laughs> and really she plays out like a female anime Superman. Like She's fully in control beginning to end. There's never a moment in the story, whether it's in the game or in this, where you feel like, oh no, is she going to die? That's not The point of the story, she's never really in physical mortal danger. She plays more like your Superman kind of character. And that's where the other element of the plot comes in to make it important. Not knowing what your destiny is and having to figure it out. And Cereza, the daughter character that shows up, which is also Mm. weird and hard to get until they kind of explain it near the end.
2: I got that right away. I was going say, that's probably the cat. only thing I got right away. But then they made it confusing as it went on. Well, then I started second yeah, guessing exactly. is is what I thought actually what it is. Well, and it was you assume it has not to be what her. I thought, but I don't even know.
1: You have to assume that it's her because it looks like an eight-year-old version of her running around holding a teddy or sorry, uh, I guess a, a stuffed cat, not teddy bear. And yeah. you go, okay, it's got to be her. But it's a time travel version of her.
0: But it's like the stuffed animal is her same pet name, that she keeps calling Luca.
1: Yes. yes it sure. looks
0: just like her. She's got the same, the same little pendant thing as her. I'm like, okay, it's her. Oh, yeah. just,
1: like, it has to be me, her. Tell me why already. But it's figuring the mystery <laughs> of, well, how is that possibly her? Right. And the oblivious of her not being able to see it. She does not put two and two together in the game or the film as to, hey, that's mini me, which is. So that, that takes place yeah. in the
2: game. That takes place in the game that her as a young kid. Same
1: thing. Yep. It's just as weird there. Mummy. Not a detective. Spoilers for those listening. It's a time travel version of her that the villain has put out there to be able to basically draw her towards him and activate her energy and enable his evil plot. It's really just an excuse for the audience to have someone to make her seem more human because otherwise she's just Kinshiro with cleavage. Well, that's the thing. At the beginning, they don't even really
2: explain, like, they they explain she's killing angels, so you have to stop and think: is she the bad guy for a second? Because they haven't really explained yeah. why angels are technically the bad people in this, right? So. No,
1: but they do paint a picture of it when you see. Oh, she sure. goes to the gates of hell, which is a nice little bar that pops up at random places, run by Rodan, the which is a good name for a badass bar. guy. Yeah, it's awesome name for a bar, and they have news footage showing on his demonic television. Showing that the world's kind of like the, I guess, the church version of a police state. It's probably the best way to describe it. Everything seems run by the church. The main church building is this gigantic tower that everyone's in awe of except for the people protesting. But the church seems to be militant and controlling most of the world. That gives me a pretty good idea that the angels are not good.
0: Yeah. Well, and I'll say that I, I didn't, again, one of those things that kind of got lost on me was just like, I was like, what? What's what's going on with the church? Like, why is it so <laughs> why is it such a big deal? I don't understand. And then they didn't really dive into it that much more. It was that just like, part, oh, the game does even this. But they were just like, Oh, we're we're doing this to introduce the main villain. Right. yeah like, that's why it's like, oh and then this guy showed up again. And you're like, oh, okay. I guess that that's why that was here. Okay, I don't need to know about the church anymore because this guy's in charge. Okay, fine.
1: Right. And again. To me, it's more setting up the fact of if you're not sure who's the good guy and the bad guy, if you look at how the world's being controlled by the church, they're probably the bad guy, and by extension, the angels are the bad guy. Also, the angels don't seem to care about collateral damage at all. At all. <laughs> like, no. anyone and everyone in their path is going to have a bad time, and the angels look kind of villainous. Like, even oh. just the normal ones look evil but i was
0: enjoying the progressive like again awesome design for again the bosses she fights all these angel bosses like then each one gets bigger and more elaborate and it's just like oh my god this the design on these things is incredible
1: oh yeah now one thing that i wish they they'd kept as a fan of the game i'm really impressed with the character design in this because they chose some of the best angels monsters whatever you want to call them to be represented in this game and they look phenomenal. But one thing the game does that I feel like would have been really cool in this. When you first see a monster for the first time, it has that monster show up on the screen. And then it has almost like a a backdrop of how that monster is drawn inside like a a biblical tome, its name over it. And then it zooms out and fights. So for example, like the big hulking monster with the ax, it shows up screaming with its ax in its hand And then it kind of slows down on that, does this black and white, like hand drawn portrait of it and says, Beloved, because that's the name of this thing, Second Sphere of Heaven. And then it comes down and fights. That's cool. That's a really anime thing to do. And I'm I'm surprised I didn't do that. Well, that's the thing. So it feels like a really stupid realization of me because I've played this game before and because I've seen so many anime. I didn't realize how anime that game was until I watched an anime about it and thought, this isn't going anime enough. The game is doing more anime stuff than this movie. Yeah. And the movie's very anime, but the game does like that step further that you see of the most over the top anime. I strongly recommend it. It's cool. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I love Mm -hmm. the fact that all of these like very terrifying looking angels have names like joy, inspired, beloved. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) It would have been cool to see those names for the audience. Yeah. Well, yeah, like I didn't get, the names of
0: any of them—they were just mindless. No, they don't say them in the anime. Yeah, they're mindless things. So it was just kind of like cool. She's fighting a mindless monster. Had it given them those names, I would have been like, "That thing is joy." <laughs> look at, well, look and at that thing. It's they insane. did make
1: sure to give them personality. Like when she goes to fight Beloved. Oh yeah, and it's speaking about you know how she needs to be destroyed, and you know the left eye, and you know bless the Creator, Jubileus. It's kind of cool that they had that—that that they actually all of the angels are. They're not mindless, but they are blindly serving their God above them. That's kind of cool, but I, I just wish the names are there. It's like a WWE entrance title, and I feel like it was missing. Yeah, I agree. But I thought that would have been cool if, if they had that in there. Like I said, you, you have her go to the gates of hell, and Rodan is there. Rodan's an awesome character that seems to serve no purpose other than to have someone where you go, well, if he just went out there, he could kill everything. Because every time he shows up, he demolishes every enemy that's there, but yeah. he seems to he's not want to participate. Right? Yeah. yeah. He shows up, he's like, oh, these he's angels again, annoyed. I'll take care of these things. But he's really just the guy who serves her drinks and makes weapons for her. Yeah. Which, Which I am curious about. Accurate to the game. because.
0: But there's one scene where she's fighting with a normal sword and then she just pulls a sword out of her back. And I was just like, well, what the hell? If you do that all the
1: time, what do you need him for? That, but that's the sword that that he gave her.
0: He did. I didn't see yeah. that. I missed that. Was a blink. <laughs> you fell asleep.
1: <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and all of the weapons you see her use in this are weapons that you can legitimately have in the game. Obviously, I'm amazed at how Ooh. many of them they used. <laughs> mm-hmm. I really didn't Ooh. think they would bust out half of the weapons that are in this. She does the double rocket launcher. I didn't expect yeah. that. That's <laughs> awesome. Right, you've got the Scarborough Fair, which is her four pistols, like the katana, the shotgun. Like I was impressed by all of that. The
0: four pistol (laughs) thing—they do that such great justice when she's fighting Jean. Oh God! Both of them using the four pistols attached to their. For those who don't know, they're attached to their high heels. So, like every kick, they shoot. Every punch, they shoot. Like it's just—they are the high heel. They are, and then every the animation is so over the top. It's just, it's constantly like you were saying that spinning motion, zooming in and limbs extending. It's just, it's so awesome. Such an awesome concept to the point where there's, they stop and they're almost point blank firing both guns at each other, but the bullets are all ricocheting off of each other. Like this is just so over the top. It's so great.
1: On top of that, because of their, you know, their witch powers, they're able to, create a purple basically platform that they can stand on anything so they're running up the sides of walls and fighting each other like the the train sequence she's just chilling on the train inside her little invisible sphere no one could see her gene just starts pummeling bullets into the train and now she's fighting gene on top of the train while gene is on a motorcycle (laughs) trying to run her over and doing moves She does moves with the motorcycle. With the motorcycle, which again, (laughs) accurate to the game. Fighting her while she's on a motorcycle, (laughs) accurate to the game. That's funny. Starting on the floor and then working your way up to fighting on the walls, accurate to the game. It is incredibly faithful for that stuff. It's just weird that the small pieces of exposition that you'd need to make sense of why she can do certain things or what's going Mm -hmm. on in the plot as it progresses, they skip over. But the big mystery of what's going on, they unravel in the opening five minutes, <laughs> and then just let it play out. So the audience knows what's happening, and she doesn't, so she feels stupid to you because you already know the answer. It's unfair yeah. to her. Fair. Either way, like it's it's entertaining. I'm surprised you guys haven't commented on the fact that at one point she pulls out a ten foot long chainsaw out of nowhere. Christina beat that one. Beat Was that. that the sword? That's the sword, isn't it? No, no, the sword That's is the, the sword katana. She pulls the sword is the, no, no, katana. No, the
2: sword turns into the chain, the,
0: the chainsaw. That's what I was talking about. No, no the chainsaw is a like, completely fine. separate thing. No, that one where it turns into the chainsaw. It looks yeah, like a sword. I guess I'm thinking it's a sword because it's shaped like one, but it is a chainsaw.
1: Yeah, she's got her katana. That's what I was talking And then at one point she busts out a yes. full-on chainsaw. See, that's the thing I was talking about. <laughs> oh, I was calling geez. it a sword, nope. but
0: it's the chainsaw that I was like, where'd that chainsaw come from?
1: That is a callback for fans of the game. So when you go down to the gates of hell, because in the game, that's where you go to do your weapon upgrades. And it's, you know, you go inside this bar and the weapon upgrades are there. And Rodan will say different stuff when you come down. So for example, like he, you know, he says, I wonder if I could go to space. Once I get enough money, I'll buy a rocket ship. I always wanted to be a bald space Marine. (laughs) (laughs) And at one point he says, I don't care what you say. I'm not putting a chainsaw on your arm. (laughs) So when the chainsaw came out, I was happy. (laughs) It's like, she finally got her chainsaw. (laughs) That's funny.
2: I was confused. So I was like, well, where did that chainsaw come from? <laughs> similar to, to Dante's Inferno, though, I found like all the, the bosses, especially when you fought them mm. so many in a row that I found the fights were short, kind of like oh, Don- yeah. not as short as Dante's Inferno, but still ridiculously you know? short for what's considered boss fights in this film.
1: So that was surprising to me. Again, as someone who's played the games, they gave more time to lesser characters that she fought yeah. than full on bosses. Like the the peon angels that show up, she beats them straight for three minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Whereas the huge, I'm trying to remember his name, Temperancio, the huge floating guy with like cylinder-like tentacles floating in the air yeah. at the airfield. Yeah, yeah. You see yeah. him, you think it's gonna be an amazing fight. It cuts away to Luca with Cereza right. trying to get there. And she uh, basically beats that boss off screen. Yeah. <laughs> like, you come back yeah. and she's summoning the monster that's gonna kill him. Yeah. he doesn't even get and like I said, the, the art
2: design on some of these bosses are so good, it just feels like a missed opportunity to give
1: them more screen time. And again, if they can, I would imagine in a case like this, it is a matter of budget more than anything else because this probably costs a little bit to do that kind of animation. But if you're going to have a longer fight, have it for the more boss type characters. Yeah, uh, one that yeah. surprisingly got more time than I thought it would was the angelic car that tries to run her down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was a really long fight scene, actually. I can't believe that scene's in the film. It's in the game. (laughs) (laughs) You riding on the motorcycle fighting angelic cars. That's in the game. But in the game, those cars take two to three hits to destroy. In this, it was a full on boss fight. (laughs) It's really weird how they decide what is and isn't going to work. I'm assuming the animators on this just fell in love with certain designs over others. Yeah, just said, Oh, let's just
2: animate a quick scene with it and throw it in.
1: Sure. Uh, but where mm-hmm. they don't skimp on the fight is her fights with Jean Jean, her her yeah, evil no, counterpart. Sure. Oh, Every yeah. one of those fights, because yeah. I think there's two or three of them, they're really solid. Yeah. I enjoyed those. Yeah. And those the her her, and her the ultimate fight,
0: fight
1: at the end against yeah. the god Jubileus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. So. Oh boy, <laughs> they were like they were like oh, uh, <laughs>
0: when you bring the left eye and the right eye together, it'd be a calamity, but oh, it's actually not Bayonetta, it's you. And then that last fight happens. And I'm like, no, nah, it's her. Like she yeah. destroys the universe there. Like things are I, I thought she exploded the moon. Um, she <laughs> certainly exploded an asteroid. <laughs> like, I, there's at one point where she looks like she ricocheted off the sun.
1: And I was just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the game, you have to throw insane. that boss into the sun at the end of the fight. So, I mean, oh my God, they're keeping it pretty accurate. Sounds like the film was adapted. Well, it is adapted faithfully, except that it's not over the top enough. That's the only real Weird. frustration I can have is the anime is playing it too subtle.
0: Yeah, my complaint as someone who didn't play the game was I was, like Wayne, lost in the story. I had no idea what was going on. I yeah, th- This whole time... Like,
2: Whatever, action. That's fine.
0: This whole time, I didn't... like. It wasn't until she was in the left eye that I thought she was the left eye. I thought she had a left eye
1: that was powerful. Like, I didn't know. <laughs> well, again, know that playing she would the game and watching this, I always assumed that the left eye was like a jewel inside the pendant that she wears is what I assumed That's it was going to be. And it turns out that she's literally the left eye. Yeah. Shocks. I mean, they clear it up by the end of it, but in the game, it's a good misdirect because you don't know it. In this, the opening narration flat out tells you That she is, so it kind of spoils the surprise
0: Yeah, it shows you Some, and again, when I Saw that, I just didn't make the connection That it would be her, I thought that was How things were before she was Born, and then when She was born, and again when I I thought she was born as a hybrid Who had both So I thought that's why she was so needed like At the beginning Montage, it totally lost me, because I was just Like, huh Oh, so she's, she's a hybrid of both. So she's got the left and the right eye. Cool, cool, cool. And they're like, no, she's the left eye. I was like, ah, oh, why, so the right. why just the left? <laughs> <laughs> like, <a laughs> And then I thought, why just the right? Then, then I thought the same thing. Who was the right? So the whole movie, I'm like, oh, the little girl, it's her other half who's her right eye. But I knew it was her, but I just thought it was like another piece of her or something. And then I was like, okay, oh. no, it's just her. Oh, maybe Jean's the right eye cool (laughs) because they were there. It's the only character in the entire movie who can actually stand toe to toe with her. So it's like, Oh, that makes sense. But no,
1: no, no. Yeah. Like I know that the young version of her and left eye, right eye, like a lot of that is convoluted, but the young version of her is there (laughs) to kind of reawaken her memories in a somewhat organic way. And that can give her the power to be the left eye. The right eye thing—I never yes. understood why he's the right eye. I also never understood why, if you absolutely can't have a hybrid between them, when she's born, why they still let her be with the witches and raise her, even if they hate her, yeah. until Father Balder shows up to claim her, and then Jean stabs her in the chest, going, "No, no, no, you can't have her." Why did they let her live at all? Other than, I guess, her mother said, "Please don't kill her." That never really that, gets well, explained in this, yeah. and, like, the game, it, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why her mother wasn't like on the run with her as a baby. Either way, it, it's all an excuse for the next fight. So that's fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Again, they're, they're not worried about story in this.
1: Well, they do. But every time they do, it kind of grinds to a halt because you don't have, you know, here's a level. Here's a cut scene you have. Here's a natural story. Most of the story in this happens kind of like in the very middle of it. Where you have Cereza show up, Bayonetta doesn't know what to do with this kid, but doesn't want to turn her back on her, and kind of tricks slash suckers Luca into watching the kid? Tricks. She, she leaves the kid. Basically abandons the kid. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Abandons the child. She, she
0: straight up <laughs> abandons the kid and tells the kid, probably, go, go to Luca. Like, she just abandoned the kid. Like, <laughs> probably. That happens know. all. He might watch like, We don't even know. We have no idea if she's even, like, told the kid, oh, Luke is here for you. She, she's just gone the next scene, and the kid is crying. But she's nice to the kid him up.
1: before she abandons her. She helps her get, like, a bath, <laughs> and she talks to her. and Calls her a crybaby. She says, you know, as long as you don't cry, because I can't stand cockroaches or crying children, if you cry, I will yes. leave you. Now, in all fairness to Bayonetta, the kid does cry at some point. So Bayonetta has to hold to her word and abandons her. I see nothing wrong there.
2: Traumatized. Child is traumatized. I'm going to try that with my kid. As soon as she cries. If I
1: had a nickel for every time I've told the kids look, if you don't shut up, I'm going to leave and never come back. Bayonetta held to her word more than me. I'm just saying.
2: She also has hair. big balls.
1: Yeah, she also has hair. (laughs) If I had hair, I would probably come (laughs) around me in a skin-tight cat suit and have powers with it. There you go. There's an image you'll never get rid of. I was gonna say, no,
2: no, never cover the privacy now. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah. He'd be reversed. He's the only thing not covered would be his privates.
1: Ah, maybe I can grow my back hair long enough. It's fine. It's fine. There you go. (laughs) Terrible. Comb it up.
0: Comb it up. I'll join you.
1: Bayonetta. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Nickanetta. Yeah. But yeah, like you have that kind of plot stuff in between. And it provides some fun character moments, mostly just Bayonetta being kind of a jerk to Luca at all times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because she could just make herself invisible so that he can't see her, even though apparently he can smell her perfume. It really does make him seem like a creep that he can smell perf. well, the like rosemary, rosemary which turns out to be the angels anyway. It's, not her.
0: I was gonna say yeah. it's not it's not her at all. Yeah.
1: He can smell the rosemary that turns out to be the angels, and he's convinced that. It had to be her that killed his father because he smelled Rosemary when he watched his father get lifted in the air and his limbs get pulled apart. And I mean, it's just angels holding him that he can't see. So sucker. She could tell him this at any point, by the way, angels are invisible. You couldn't see them and they probably killed your dad. She never does. She just screws. The best part.
0: The best part is when he finally sees it and he goes to apologize and she's like, it's fine. It's not like you mentioned it all the time.
1: <laughs> she's still making
0: fun of him. Yes. All he says to her, every scene, <laughs> is you killed my
1: father.
2: <laughs> no sympathy.
1: She's so mean to him.
0: Mm-hmm. It's the oh. best light in the movie. Oh, it's fine. It's not like you mentioned it all the time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it line. is
1: kind of poetic that he gets lifted up the same way. And it takes that much. It doesn't take... Father Balder describing to him, oh, yes, your father was a pest, too, and I had to dispatch him. It's not till he's lifted in the air by angels himself that he goes, oh, wait, this is how my dad died, and I can't see these guys either. Maybe this is what killed him. Luke is not bright. <laughs> no.
0: And then he throws a grappling hook at a demigod.
1: Yeah. He's actually very good with
0: that grappling
1: hook. He's amazing he's really with that grappling good. hook. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. The amount of things he can do with it, including, I felt kind of foolish in the game. I mean, in this, I knew it was going to happen, but in the game, he gets tossed out a window of that 200-story building, and I went, Luca, no! Mm-hmm. You were kind of entertaining! Mm-hmm. And I never realized he'd probably just grappling hook himself to safety, and sure enough, that's what he does. He did. Yep. Yeah, exactly.
0: This. Disappointed you had doubts. What his arm is made out of? I don't know what his, like, arm joint is made oh, out of. Oh, it should pull right out of his
1: arm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, his
1: <laughs> arm should just be gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's just gone. But well, it's it's the it's whole just, Batman thing of the guy. grappling hook never hurts you. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's not even in he's shape. Totally at least Batman's in shape. This guy's just a, a journalist. I highly doubt they're all yeah. training 18 hours a day in the gym. <laughs> but he's lovable in a stupid, you almost feel sorry for him kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. So at least like the characters that surround her are kind of endearing. They're all weird. Like the kid is. Cereza's not quite annoying, but you can see how she's annoying enough that Bayonetta finds her annoying. Luca's Mm -hmm. just enough of a whiner and complainer that he's funny without crossing over the line to being annoying for the audience. They all straddle a line really well. Even Bayonetta, she's arrogant, but not to a point where you're like, I wish someone would give her a comeuppance. She's arrogant in a way that's fun.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. They're all really fun characters to interact. She's certainly more likable than Dante was. I mean, that's a low bar. Just a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, given the choice, I'd rather be mocked by Bayonetta than be in any of the circles with Dante. <laughs> what a useless oh, yeah. character. <laughs> but going back so to good. what we what we, we skipped over, my favorite fight for its sheer over-the-topness is, is that last fight with Jubileus because Gene mm-hmm. oh, and oh. Bayonetta... Now that she has her memories, she realizes, Gene, you are my best friend and we should team up in space because we're in space now, everyone. Well, we got to get them room in space. You did. They did need that room. They would
0: have destroyed Earth.
1: Well, Gene saw Bayonetta dragged up into space to rebirth Jubileus and jumped on her motorcycle and flew it into space and accurate drove, no, to the she game, drove it into space, drove it into at, space, at, accurate to the game. That's a fun level to play. Awesome. And then they team up and summon the the biggest demon that Bayonet has summoned and she has summoned things with her hair and evil portals that are the size of buildings on a regular basis. Gigantic like dragon creatures yeah. and spider creatures, all this awesome stuff. This is the goddess Shiva, the size of the moon. Yeah. That then proceeds <laughs> yeah. to just pummel the crap out of Jubileus with all kinds of superpowers, and they had one moment where they're doing that cheap thing where you see two beams of light bouncing around on the screen, but so much other Mm. animation of fighting and punching and destroying and slamming into planets has happened that, you know what? I'll forgive the animators for having a moment of, look, can we just do two lines bouncing off of each other for five seconds? We're tired. (laughs) (laughs) That's the scene where I thought they ricocheted (laughs) off the sun. Yeah, <laughs> so ridiculous. Yeah. It's really satisfying, mm. and yeah, then exactly. Jubileus is destroyed, and Bayonetta and Jean are falling back down to Earth, and then no closure is given to anyone about their fate. <laughs> Look, a year passes. Yeah. Luca doesn't know where they're at. <laughs> Rodan and Enzo, who I haven't even mentioned till now, but the Joe Pesci character that shows up for two scenes in this. They're uh, like, yeah, so. she's yeah. she's probably fine,
2: <laughs> and she is it's so uh, yeah,
1: and she is well, and like, but it's such a weird ending.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and it is because it's like, so were they just kind of like hanging out for a year? Did it take them that long to recover? Like, they don't really tell you again anything. Yeah. they're just, they're just yeah. gone for a year, and then she's
1: like, "I'm gonna go home." <laughs> <laughs> it's a year later. Her and Jean are just fighting angels at like a ruined castle. I think, I don't know, Ireland, I yeah. want to guess. They have all the ruined castles. Yeah. And sure. she's like, yeah, I'm just going to go home now. And the, the credits hit as she leaves Jean, John, whatever her name yeah. is. Well,
0: it's well, let's kill these angels and then I'll go.
1: home. Yeah. And then I'll go yeah. home.
0: And then they pose. <laughs> then they pose.
1: <laughs> yes. Okay. And, and then that's she the does other this thing. creepy thing. Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Are you talking about the lick lip? I hope you're going to talk about the lick, the lip licking okay so i
1: wasn't but yes talk about that first so it's so
0: weird it happens like four or five times throughout this anime (laughs) and it's just like i don't know there's something disturbing about watching somebody animate someone trying to lip their lips
1: okay so like it's it's so weird the tongue protruding out, lick. it's not like the smacking your lips it's like the tongue coming out and like sliding across your upper lip It is weird. Um, It's weird to me because it's not something that happens in the game. The game does something that's equally suggestive without crossing the line into like, so at one point, one point in this anime, she has a lollipop in her mouth. And that's always a suggestive Mm -hmm. enough thing of, I've got a lollipop. Ooh, I'm sucking on something, whatever. That's a huge mechanic in the game where different lollipops give you different boosts to your attack, your health, invincibility, things like that. So she almost always has a lollipop in the corner of her mouth. And in more than one fight, she'll get it knocked out of her mouth. And she's less worried about beating the boss and more. You knock the lollipop out of my mouth and dives after it because she's annoyed. They could have done that four or five times in this, instead of just licking your lips while staring at the camera. It's off. Sure. <laughs> yeah. That's weird. I was not on board for the lick lip. It was, it was weird. You had a better option. Yeah, it was a lollipop. Like I, yeah, you had it right there. But yeah. I was going to talk about the sheer amount of posing, especially when she fights Jean. It's not that they do ridiculous moves. It's attack, attack, attack. We pose the same way. Both of our legs crossed up against each other in the air and sit there for two <laughs> seconds talking to, to each appreciate other. each other's form while talking to each other. And then attack, attack, attack and pose. It's like watching the X-Men in a comic panel. Everything yeah. is a pose. <laughs> If you paused sure. this film every four seconds, you'd have a screenshot that is them posing, not fighting. Yeah. But there's enough flurries of action in between that it doesn't feel like your typical anime. Were not moving. I did one move. There's all kinds of moves. It's just they really mm-hmm. want you to know how cool they look doing their moves. <laughs> yeah. They're well, it's basically horrible like, show offs. But that's accurate to the game. Well, it's basically it's so heavily and again
0: beautifully animated there's so much movement but it's almost hard to follow that movement until you
1: see the pose <laughs> the pose helps kind of reset the geography of the fight sometimes it does so it can be helpful in that regard but it's the fact that they pose and have a moment to say something where it clearly comes off it's less about who's going to win this fight and more like a dueling banjo session where they're just trying to show off to yeah, each other pretty much yeah but it kind of works and most of the time that she's posing is against Gene, because all the other things that she defeats, she poses as she kills them. It's the this yeah. is the screenshot yeah. I'm going to take of me defeating you. <laughs> yeah, the Kenshiro moment. Yeah, yeah. It, it. She is nothing but Kenshiro moments all the time. It's ridiculous. But again, play the game. If you want to feel overpowered as a character, this is that character. <laughs> awesome is there anything that we've overlooked that you want to bring up i feel like i've touched on the things that i think stand out about this this is the most this isn't anime enough and it's an anime about the game the game is more anime but this is close like i
0: said because i never played the game i I had to know how far of a departure it was so i actually started to look at some gameplay and cutscenes and you're right. Like the <laughs> things, and even the, su- the suggestive nature of some of the things in the cutscenes and in the gameplay. I was just like, okay, how did the anime look tame compared to the game? Understanding that this might be one of the most over the top animes there. Was.
2: Fair. Anything to add, Wayne? Uh, no, I'm just disappointed I came here to find out what the story was about, man, and I still have no idea what the story was oh, about. Oh, come on!
1: <laughs> I think I summed it up pretty well. I think I did a pretty good job of summing it up. You know what? You found some pieces for me. Let me just do the two-minute opening <laughs> the the over top of broken. the anime's narration. I'll fill it in for the audience. It'll make more sense. It won't sound as good as Father Balda, yeah. but it'll make more sense, and then we can I just move I want you to on. do it in that voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well like i said i have nothing else to contribute other than if you want to watch something that is absolutely absurd in terms of anime but lovingly animated like they poured their heart into the animation of this and something's just yeah. fun this movie's fun and compared to the last one we watched this isn't one that i'd necessarily be worried about recommending to someone in terms of its tone or its content nothing really holy crap i can't believe they did that happens in this in terms of violence or mature content, it's a pretty PG, maybe 14A at most kind of anime. It's other than, yeah, she's naked, but you don't see anything. Like if Parker watched this, I don't think I'd get in a lot of trouble. If Parker watched Dante's Inferno, I'd be living in the basement for a year. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like that's the difference.
0: I know your your wife. You'd be in trouble. (laughs) Ah, not as much.
1: I, she watched this She's, with me and I asked what's your opinion She said I was indifferent to this She didn't watch Dante's Inferno because I Suspected and I was right to suspect I'm
0: just going to say That Bayonetta <laughs> Is highly Sexualized Even though it's tamer than Dante's Inferno Because like what's that one scene Where he breaks into her room
1: Oh okay that's not in the game
0: <laughs> And it's this whole conversation Around like he's oh no 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 it's a bad idea she's like and oh, just keeps zooming oh in her a baby boobs oh coming at him oh i don't ha- i don't have a baby but making babies and then it is a okay a that line is from between the game <laughs> zooming into his face zooming into her boobs zooming into her, his face as he's like no no oh well, maybe it's a bad idea
1: but well, the maybe. whole point but not of that maybe baby. it's a good idea <laughs> as she's doing a good again. idea. As she's trying to make him uncomfortable, uh, she's slowly walking towards him and he's backing up. She wants him out of that room and he falls out the window. Mission accomplished. Yeah. She uses her sexuality it's, to make him uncomfortable and yes. basically bullies him out of the room. That's on point for that character. It's hilarious. Oh, I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying,
0: I think you'd be in more trouble than you think. If you're a preteen son.
1: I've been in trouble so many times, we lose count. It's fine. You're
0: swinging... Anime boobs. There's nothing but non-stop climax action hair. over
1: here. I'm fine. there you go. <laughs> and that's how you end the
0: podcast. <laughs> nothing but non-stop climax
1: action. Uh, it's just Welcome fun to say. To podcast. So we'll bring this one to a close. When we come back, continuing the fact that themes are happening, looking look at us pulling this all together. This anime ended in space. So we're doing back-to-back films that take place in space. We're gonna start there and see how far it goes. First up is going to be Wing Commander with Freddie Prince oh. Jr., Matthew Lillard, and Cat People Aliens, if I remember correctly. It's been a long, long time. It's volunteer, right? <laughs> <laughs> <Duh>. <laughs> we will see you there. Who knows? Chris might join us if we can tie him to a chair <sighs> and make him watch it. <laughs> we all thank you for listening to Press X to Reload. I have been Nick Moore. With me were Wayne Brissett and Mark Athanis. Gentlemen, Thanks for having me. Hey,
0: thanks for joining us on this titillating adventure.
2: We'll see you in space. (laughs) Catch you next time.
1: (laughs) You've been listening to Press X to Reload. Today's episode featured the voices of Mark Athanis, Wayne Brissett, and Nick Moore. Our theme music was composed by Jack Fierick and performed and realized by Sam Fierick. If you like what you've heard today, subscribe and never miss an episode. Or tell a friend, leave a review, we'll take all the bonus XP we can get. If you have suggestions or feedback, you can contact Nick Moore via his email, retrogamingfool at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next stage.